Welcome to the Aging Hipster Watches the Boys. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the first three episodes of the second season that dropped on September 4th. Please note that we are going to be really focusing on the series only. We're not going to concern ourselves too much about the uh, comics. And I think we're all completely unspoiled. No one's gone ahead or anything like that or went through Reddit. I have not. So let's meet our panel. First up, back again. It's Tiff Esco. How are you doing, Tiff? Good. Still in the basement, but doing good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and did you went, did you see it on Friday or Saturday? Because it actually came out on Thursday, correct? I think like Thursday night. I I started watching it. Yeah, yeah, you sent me a Chase Crawford clip, and I was like, "Where's yep. he? Where's he getting this? this? Is from the trailer? I didn't realize it. I guess nine p.m. Pacific. T- maybe it was at yeah. midnight Eastern time. It just released Thursday. That and so. It. Yeah, something like that. I have no idea why. Maybe it's because it was on oh. East Coast time, uh, Greenwich Mean Time, something like that. So, um, so what did you think about the first three episodes, really quickly? What do you think? Me, um, I really, really liked them. I think that they were even more action packed than the first season because we could just get right into it, and we knew we know all the key players. Um, and one thing I was really anticipating is wondering where. I mentioned last episode that a lot of people felt like they were at this moral crossroads into who they became as a person. Um, and so everyone kind of chose their path and it it was laid out. So I liked seeing that. And I also liked that all these stray arcs were kind of tied together by the end of the third episode. So mm-hmm. everyone kind of like converged. Yeah, I liked it. And next up, joining us for the first time is Alice Lauren. How are you doing, Alice? I'm good. I'm pumped. Uh, so... I am interested on how, what do you think about the, um, about, uh, I'm sorry. So I'm interested. What do you think about the boys? Because I know that you are a fan of the Marvel universe and all that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I liked, you know, I've, I've seen, I think all the Marvel movies. I don't know if like incredible Hulk or whatever, you know, movies counts as that, but yeah, that, I mean, I've watched all six seasons of agents of shield took me a couple tries to like Watchmen. Um, the the movie I've never seen the series, um, but yeah, this this is this is a cool show. This is a really cool show. I like my superheroes with humor. You know, I'm not a very big like action sci-fi nerd culture kind of girl, so this is it was cool to have the silliness and and, and the moral dilemmas in this too. Well, I'm looking forward to discussing the first of the episodes, but first, right off the bat, I have a couple of requests. Please like, review, subscribe to this podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you may get your favorite podcasts is on the Aging Hipster Network feed. And also it has its own independent feed called the Aging Hipster Watches dot dot dot. And so please also write into the Aging Hipster Network at gmail.com. That is Aging Hipster Network at gmail.com. Write us your thoughts, your dreams, your aspirations, anything, and we will read it on air. All right, so let's get into the recap. Uh, so this isn't going to be completely complete, so please don't uh, send slander to my email address, though I would love <laughs> if you did. I really would. I'm going to mess this up just so people would correct me. All right, so there's three, epi- there's three episodes. There's a whole lot going on, so I'm not going to really try to do everything chronologically. I'm just going to kind of recap. So there's three major groups that are kind of uh, – that are in the boys. There's the boys – there's the seven and there's like kind of like the U S government who's also kind of being played against. And they all are 
are kind of fighting against each other and making alliances, except for like maybe the boys in the soup. You know, it's still the boys in the soups a little bit. Everyone's kind of making deals with each other, trying to get their own uh, goals accomplished. So let's kind of go over what's going on with the boys. So we start season two and they are on the run. They are not doing well. They are all wanted men. Um, Frenchie, Kamiko, Mother's Milk, and Huey are all hiding out with some Haitian gangsters. Frenchie's doing kind of Frenchie things, which is kind of like taking care of Kamiko and, you know, trying to teach her to read. And Kamiko's learning how to write. Uh, Mother's Milk is patching wounds because he is an ex-Marine combat medic. And he's also building a Vermont colonial dollhouse that he really is into, which is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Mother's Milk more and more. I know. I know. It's like last last season he was he was talking a lot about Downton Abbey and not wanting to get behind. And so I think it's pretty funny that someone so big like Laz Alonzo kind of has these little quirks. He's a teddy really bear. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of teddy bears, Huey is is moping around watching Billy Joel videos on his phone, which, of course, is pretty funny because I think that's what I would be doing a whole lot. And, you know, he's still talking to Starlight. They're trying to do their thing behind the scenes. They are trying to, um, you know, they're kind of rudderless. And that's what Frenchie and Mother's Milk kind of come to the realization at the end of episode one. And even though Huey wants to be the leader, it seems like, it just doesn't really work out. So they call in the butcher. Billy Butcher returns back with his heart full of vengeance still because he totally got effed over by Homelander. So it sounds like his wife made some sort of deal with Homelander. So he gets dropped off in a Tony Cicero's and finds out he is now being pegged for the murder of Madeline Stillwell. So he's on the chase. And so they're all trying to run across. They're trying to get the soup terrorist, as they call, call him. He is just smuggled in by the Haitians. They figure they can take him and turn him into the CIA and be able to see their, their wives and their families and all that kind of stuff. And that, of course, that is Kamiko's brother. And so stuff continues to go wrong until we get to the end when they confront the seven. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, and now there's the seven, which has Homelander asserting his dominance over Ashley. Um, his little his little minion now. She's back. And he is trying to be a dad <laughs> by eating pancakes and throwing his son off the roof. <laughs> it's like, um he has. He also has a his new fixation, which is actually in my seven topics. So I'm not going to. We're not going to get into it now, which I can't wait to talk about. So Homelander is being Homelander. Um, unfortunately, he is now being. Um, his stature is being challenged by a new superhero named Stormfront, who really doesn't give a crap who Homelander is. Played by Aya Cash from. Do you guys recognize her? She's from, been from a, a like you're the worst. She's also on this Netflix movie called Game Over Man with the guys from Workaholics. But um, she definitely makes a splash and fire. And so she's on the scene. Uh, what's happening to Wrestler Seven? Queen Maeve. It comes clean to Alina, which I thought was pretty interesting. Where she kind of uh, was honest about why she was kind of secretive about the relationship. Something's gonna go down with that, and I am nervous. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous about Dino Dana's mom for sure. She's probably gonna <laughs> die, you know. Um Black Noir, he's back, Tiff, and he's kicking ass. He's uh shaking little stuffed animals, 
And he, he was very upset about the news about Compound V. I know. I was like, is he bawling? Yeah. He was just yeah. he was just crying. Uh, who else? A-Train's recovered, tries to confront Starlight, but he is neutralized by our by our, our heroine with, uh, with sort of like, well, I got dirt on you too. He's also a couple seconds away from another heart attack and uh, imminent des- uh, demise. So he is kind of really on sketchy ground. Uh, Starlight, uh, she is meeting with Huey on the side. She's also has this really kind of this persona. She's totally like bought into all this marketing stuff she's doing. She's singing at Translucent's funeral, which is funny that Translucent is being portrayed like, yeah, like killed by a soup terrorist, which I thought was pretty funny. I liked how there was an empty <laughs> casket. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to say all the right things. She kind of is, is a little uh, awed by Stormfront's, you know, kind of attitude. She really wants Stormfront to like her. That's not really going so well. And at the end, she sees Huey. And I don't know how that's going to end. It's it's in an awkward place because Homelander was, was and Huey and all that kind of stuff. So that's Star Starlight. I guess that's a really kind of vague thing about Starlight. Who else is left? Oh yeah, our hero, the Deep. This is really a series about the Deep <laughs> with a bunch of other bit players around the edge, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Which uh, I was I was even talking to Tiff, your husband, on the phone. And uh, and he was amazed about how much of a pass you just gave Chase Crawford in the deep after, <laughs> you know, like he... it wasn't that hard of a decision for me. Hashtag Chase Crawford forever. I love yeah. him. Uh, and he goes through his own kind of uh, fun stuff and ends up at the end trying to help out, and something terrible happens as only what happens. So there's a lot of vague stuff I didn't go over because I didn't want to ruin stuff for our seven topics. So in this, we're going to go kind of round robin and go through our seven topics, uh, plot points, characters, quotes, anything that we want to discuss about these first three episodes. And we're going to start from number seven and go to number one. And we're going to kind of um, go round robin. My number seven, I guess I'll just start it off is Teddy's alive. Teddy Stillwell, yes, little te- little baby who we thought last episode was dead, dead as doornails, was found like 17 miles away, and I think I'm just going to say it's I think it's a 50 percent chance that Teddy is actually Homelander's son because I think you floated that idea, right? I did, and that intrigues me still to this day. Although, I, who knows where Teddy is? Right? No one knows. Maybe Vot has know. him in some layer somewhere yeah but, um very interesting yep so that's my number seven teddy's going to come back i, I know it otherwise they mm-hmm. why I show it there okay alice um, what do you my, got my number seven is the deputy director's death which Ooh. i you know i'm not a big gore person but that was really shocking um kind of a disclaimer for the listeners so my history with the show was yesterday, I, I watched the first episode of season one, and then it was 2 a.m., so I went to bed. And then today I watched the second episode, and that's it. So <laughs> I have watched the awesome YouTube 15-minute recap. I recommend that if anyone needs that. And also it's a great recap um, that Amazon put out before the second season. But I still have a lot of context um, that I'm missing. But 
I say that to say that I really wish that I'd seen more of the deputy director. You know, I'd really only seen her the one time, whichever first or second episode last season. Um, and I love Jennifer Esposito anyway. Um, shout out to Mistresses, if anybody has seen Mistresses years ago. And, and probably whatever whatever famous thing she did. Um, but yeah, that was a very, very gory death. Very shocking. Very almost, maybe not even almost, a jump scare um, of, a, of a gory death. And it made me afraid of any conversation anyone had. Because you never know when someone's head is going to get blown up or twisted off and how much they're going to really show which is usually every amount of gore they could show so yeah you can usually anticipate kind of the graphic violence that's coming but you can't ever really anticipate someone's head exploding mid-sentence so right yeah shocking for sure and and it's interesting because it closed off a couple things for the boys the boys like you know that was their contact. That was their person in the government. Even though they also have Mallory, yeah. but Mallory doesn't really work for the government anymore. And so Rainer was kind of their lifeline, and she's dead. And so it's just sort of like, and it caused a couple things. It caused Huey to lie once again to Starlight by saying, "Oh no, everything's fine. Everything's everything's going great." And and it's also like, what? Like who actually killed Rainer? That was my number five, by the way. But so yes. Yep, Rainer getting killed. That's a lot. Who do you think uh, killed him, Tiff? I don't know. It could be the CIA itself, oh. right? Um, it could be her own crew turning against her, or mm-hmm. obviously you would think it could be Vought, but I don't know how they'd have direct access to her. So, yeah, I don't know either. But yeah. I'm sure we will find out this season. All right, Tiff, what do you got okay. for your number seven? My seventh, hashtag Chase Crawford, was the deep finding self-love and self-acceptance. <laughs> Those scenes were so funny. Um, and then I actually also liked that I finally got to see him show off his powers a little more when they were mm-hmm. doing that scene while they were trying to stop um, the boys and when they were trying to get away in the wet dream. Or on actually, that was a getaway boat, not the wet dream at that point. But anyway, oh my big yeah, my big fat wet my dream. Big, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's what it was. I saw that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That name's amazing. But anyways, um, I liked seeing his powers in action, even if, uh, once again, they weren't really all that impressive. And then I also liked... But it, but it still was. Like, yeah. I'm surprised. I am I, I am surprised this is a number seven for you, Tiff. Because for me, The Deep was a wow. number one. I know. In this whole, this whole shebang. I, I know. And I think I think you just couldn't... You just couldn't give in. You just couldn't make it your number one. I know Honestly, in your heart like, it is. He's always um, but, up there, and I just feel like a broken record. So I had to, like, shake it up a little bit. But... <laughs> Yeah, I just loved his his scenes this first three episodes. Yeah, and I think he is yes, he totally forced Starlight to give him a blowjob and that really sucks and stuff. But then he <laughs> his his journey from uh from there to where he like to the water park just like terrorizing the kids has been very amusing and very entertaining the whole way. So he terrorized the water park, which caused him to get thrown into jail, and then he gets bailed out by the eagle, who is part of this religious cult. Which I don't know, like what their intentions are. They seem kind of good. Maybe. I know I like the eagle a lot, but yeah, yeah. They they give him a bunch of mushrooms, so and and then lock him in a room. His gills talk to them because really that's the that's the that's the kind of that's where his shame comes from, right? Like that's that's where it is. It's and voiced by yeah. Patton Oswalt, which was pretty funny, and. What else? So he had to deal with the gills, and then 
at 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 the end of season, at the end of the third episode, he it's time for him to get try to get back in on the action. He actually is. I think he you have to give him a little bit more. Um, you have to give him a little bit more credit. credit yes, credit because those sharks were bashing the yeah. heck out of that boat. And it, I guess the problem seems a little unbridled, <laughs> and there's a lot of marine mammal violence on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. It just. Yeah, I don't oh, think those sharks whale. are probably surviving afterwards. Oh, yeah, in the, the, the whale. Lucy the sperm whale, which was pre- pretty awesome scene, but then at the end, it's the deep. So you know that he didn't really realize that the, the speedboat was going right into the well, whale. Yeah, I think it's not a power <laughs> issue. It's a strategy issue on his part. But also, I do have a question. Yes. Because we don't know the intent behind the church group that he's involved in now. How did they know, or how did the deep find out where what was going down? Where did he get his intel? Huh. Hmm. That's a good point. That well, uh, that shoot. iPad thing was that it? When they like gave the iPad and they're like, who was it? The e- eagle or? But the... where did they get their intel? Well, well, Someone, oh, yeah, yeah, the quote-unquote therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Someone <laughs> from mm-hmm. Vought is That's... either giving them info or. Maybe Grace, Mallory Grace is involved somehow. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Well, that's a really good uh, pickup. Yeah, I don't know who's in there we will either. See. Um, and we'll see. And then, of course, poor Deep, poor Deep. Like he 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 gets knocked out. Poor Lucy's sitting there dying with a speedboat in her stomach. And the seven come back, and Homelander is like, "Hey." What's going on with you here? He's, and the deep just is like, I just want to help out. Starlight gives him a bunch of shit. And then Homelander is like, hey, your gills showing. That's really oh, gross. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, I think uh, that was like my number whatever. <laughs> two or I was like, that is the, that's the worst thing he's done in the whole show. Because your gills are showing. That's gross. <laughs> he knows right where to hit. All right, my number six has to do with our buddy Homelander and his milk obsession. Well, <laughs> when he when he it was funny because we used to have those little uh, those milk bottles for breast milk for our kids too. So I recognize those. And he finds one in Stillwell's office, and he oh he just like laps it up. Oh, he's just oh. And then after to try to get powers, is that no? It? Is it, no, it's some weird. Oh. Freudian thing oh, he had oh, with yeah. us still well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's powers in you know, that baby no. had. Maybe no. Okay. There's emotions in that milk. There's a lot of emotions <laughs> in that breast <laughs> milk, and he basically murdered Stillwell, who was Madeline Stillwell, who was maybe yeah. the only I don't know how you can describe it person he cared about. Maybe, right, Tiff? He was simultaneously his lover and his mother figure. Yeah. But she lied so. to him. And you don't lie to the big uh, sociopath in the sky. And he came and he eye lasered her. And yeah. and then he he eye lasered or x rayed the milk? Yeah, and he, he warmed did? it up. He Because he had to warm it up. Oh, that's why he did it. That's adorable. Yeah. What, that's what, his what, own the... microwave. Yeah. Adorable. <laughs> That's adorable. I didn't even realize. I thought he was 
like there's some bad ingredient, you know, something. She was checking it out. No, that's adorable. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what if he was a father and he was warming up baby bottles with his eyes? Oh. That's so cute. Oh. oh. I'm glad you can see the uh, the sweet edge <laughs> yeah. to Homelander. The sweet edge, yeah. Oh. If only he had it, yeah. <laughs> and what's even better now, anytime that he drinks a bottle or a, a glass of milk, he is like almost savoring the memories of Madeline Stilwell, his mother lover that he killed. Mother lover. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man. Okay. So that's I don't love the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alice, what was your number six? My number six was, um, why does Huey leave messages on the, the burner phone of whatever stars still water light. I don't know what her name is. Starlight. Starlight yeah. Um, yeah, her yeah, Annie, her 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 burner phone. I'm like, this isn't gonna end up well. Like, who has that phone? This is not a good idea. I don't know why he thinks he can just leave a voicemail and that it will for sure definitely get to her and won't screw him over later. I was like waiting to see like on the other side someone else had her phone, you know? Yeah, and he's not particularly he vague. He thinks he's being right, all exactly. clever and crafty, but it's super obvious he's just so desperate and that maybe butcher's right where like huey's out of his depth you know he's just not really yeah. he's along for something that he really didn't realize would be he thought I don't, who knows what he thought he was definitely in mourning when his girlfriend was killed he did not realize that he would be speedboating through whales at some point and like, <laughs> well i it just it begs the question, you know, and, and I know that we kind of come to this point where even, you know, the, the, the butcher saves him, saves his life and everything. But it's like, why is he even there? Maybe as I see more of season one, I can kind of understand why he's necessary. But like, he's still a civilian. Yes, he is a wanted man. I understand he can't just go right back to his life and be fine. But like, why didn't they just kill him? Like, it, does he have some sort of expertise? some sort of knowledge that he's needed. I did like this quote in um, the third episode, I believe, where Mother's Milk is trying to convince Butcher not to just leave him for dead. He says, mm -hmm. he's your canary, so he keeps yeah. you from basically going too far. And he has kind of played that role. He's, mm -hmm. he's like this rookie, this naive guy um, who's kind of dragged into this and he does kind of like balance that group out as they seek ruthless vengeance 24 seven. Cause not every guy that works in an electronics store is a tech expert, you know? I mean, yeah, he has right. some knowledge, but like, it's still just his, you know, it's just a job he has. You so know? are you saying that I, I think... can't go to Best Buy and grab someone and just say like, Hey, we got to start doing some surveillance right now, buddy. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He's, I, I do agree with you, though. He doesn't have much to offer, but I think the only thing that makes him really valuable right now is his connection to directly to the Seven, right? Mm -hmm. They have a spy kind of in the ranks. So. And he's he's yeah. risen to the uh, uh, to the challenge before. You know, like mm -hmm. he went back and saved uh, Frenchie, Mother's Milk, and Kamiko, or at least got them out of the cell, and then he got saved by everybody. But mm -hmm. uh, but he and he also kind of came through when, it came, when they were looking at uh, Popclaw and uh, doing surveillance there. So he has some sort of, I don't know, he also went into Ezekiel and kind of like blackmailed him. So he has his moments where he kind of stood up, but he's like, he's really shattered emotionally this time. So he's just sort of like 
sad sacking it around listening to Billy Joel tunes on YouTube. So (laughs) I get it. I get where Butcher's just sort of like, come on, come on, buddy. You know, Um, my number six is we touched on this, but it's Homelander and basically him trying to be a dad because it's so weird. Mm -hmm. And any talk he tries to have with Ryan, right? That's his name. Yeah. Um, I really thought I was fascinated by that scene where he's sitting on Ryan's bed, tucking him in. And he's like, we, the, we are God's speech. Mm -hmm. And Ryan's just like, you're. You're a sociopath. You're crazy. Maybe. Um, like if I, but I think if I was Ryan, like I would be totally in on this. I'd be like, I, I'm a superhero, Dad. Like, like I, I would be totally seduced <laughs> and not realize what I was doing until it's too late. So Ryan's a better person <laughs> than me. <laughs> You'd become Homelander's spawn. Basically. Yeah, I would be totally in yeah. on it. You know. No, Ryan. Uh, yeah. Do you think so? Pretty funny. So is Becca and Ryan? Are they in some sort of quarantine position for the last however many years? Does he even get out? It felt like, um, so that's another thing I thought was interesting is that it seems like he, in his mind at least, he lives a normal home life with his mom. I'm sure they're being watched and I'm sure it's not normal. Um, But I thought it was really interesting that Homelander kind of compared this normal, non-superpower life to the prison that was his own childhood. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know actually the mechanics of their situation. It's almost like the remember the movie The Truman Show? Maybe it's just a smaller Truman yes. show yeah. that they live in. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, does he go to school? I don't think so. I think he's homeschooled because like homeschooled. yeah. Because they were talking about like, oh, Monday's Spanish. Spanish, yeah. yeah. All right. My number five was Rainer getting killed. So let's go to Alice. Five. Five. Oh, um, just Billy Joel. Oh. You know, all the Billy Joel in this, you know, and these are songs that I don't recognize. I mean, I know, you know, Piano Man, Uptown Girl, another song, I think I can't remember, what, oh, maybe a couple more, I can't remember the names right now. But yeah, these are all songs I don't really know, but they fit very well. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to, to, an interesting choice to have them in there. Sure. And then also, Huey was wearing a James Taylor concert T-shirt, which I thought was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, gets it splattered with uh, blood and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. All right, Tiff, you're number five. All right. So it's really easy to kind of hate on A Train, but I liked this scene where A Train is basically calling out Annie's privilege. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was actually a really good tie into just how things. It made me stop and think about it and be like that's pretty dang true um even in today's world but they uh yeah they were debating if they should he was going after her for kind of outing Vought on the whole superheroes are made in labs thing and um he's like you don't mess with the money we're gonna lose cars and homes and all this stuff and she says there's more important things than that which i was like i yeah totally and then he said you know only people with money ever say that and I was like, oh, yeah, that is also very, yeah. very true. So I just thought it was an interesting perspective and motive, especially coming from A Train, who's just so easy to hate. Easy to hate. Yeah, you kind of get a little bit more of those motivations of why he's doing that. You know, if you also think about in season one where he's doing his interview with the marketing person, he was talking about the first time he 
realize he has powers was when there was a gang fight outside his house and they're like well maybe let's not do the game like ixnay the ange you know like let's not yeah yeah and so that's so that's interesting so you could see where his own experiences made him say yes to the homelander which made him continue to make all these decisions that end up not being so great yeah and he's not so 2d anymore he also needs to see a sports psychologist real soon i think (laughs) Uh, okay, my number four is Mr. Edgar. And so he makes a big uh, appearance through here. And so in the beginning, it's it's interesting because he definitely puts Homelander in his place when Homelander is like, hey, I'm actually in charge here now. And Mr. Edgar is like, nah, not really, you know. Uh, but it kind of flips by episode three when uh, Compound V is is put out to the public and they are now just in the really kind of their stock is falling they are under a lot of pressure the their new superhero just slaughtered 60 people in a tenement building but they're gonna have to cover that up somehow and a whole lot of heat's going on and now it's almost like it kind of flipped because now mr edgar goes to the 99th floor to talk to the seven and homelander just is like you know you be quiet it's all about us type of thing so i thought it was pretty interesting uh agreed Alice, number four. Number four, the press junket. I think it's just interesting to see the weird things that we, when we interview women, mm-hmm. especially women in action roles, the kind of questions that that are asked of them. And it reminds me of even like in, in the Marvel, not in the Marvel movies, but when they interview like Scarlett Johansson, for example, and say, you know, oh, did you wear underwear under the, the suit? You know, and all, all these different like strange questions and what you ask men versus what you would ask women about girl power and the same things over and over just just yeah that's amazing (laughs) the pr junket stuff is so fun to watch especially because we know that it's all a hoax and a rat a ruse you know so it's really funny but what's interesting is that even though we know that's all a ruse and but Vought is the type is like almost like kind of where Disney is now in terms of peddling superheroes and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so they're very sensitive to still want to be be perceived in terms of being progressive towards women's issues. So that's why they're like decided like also now it's Citizen Starlight. And here's uh what what was the slogan the slogan they had, girls do it or something or Girl, oh, no, girls do it better. Uh, I've already, I already go, forgot. Girl, go, but it's sort of it, it's, yeah, go, go, girls, yeah, or something. And like. then the the amazing thing, yeah, I think this was in in this season. I've already have completely forgotten. I've watched so many episodes, but um, but with the the blind person that they were going to have blind spot, they yeah. were going to have beyond there, and they're like, oh, millennials, they're in here for the inclusive stuff and it's gonna be great and if we find like a woman of color and yeah, yeah just <laughs> amazing spot on it's, it's yeah they're definitely calling calling all of us out for sure yeah okay you're number four tiff my number four was the second wind episode in general i just thought it was really exciting and it did a really great job of bringing all these random arcs and narratives together at one point and i feel like it's setting us up for for some action going forward. Um, you know, like the deeps off in San Sandusky, what Ohio. Iowa? No, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Ohio, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh Ohio. Anyways, he's in Ohio. And then, you know, Huey and Annie are they're doing their whole side 
sidebar of revealing Compound V. Then there's the hunt for the super terrorist, and they all kind of converge finally at the in this episode. So I just really liked it. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, because Eagle's from Cleveland, Ohio. So it's the whole Ohio connection. Yeah. Yep. Ohio. Yep. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how everything's going because now it, it, they ended episode three, you know, like Kamiko's brother is dead, killed by Stormfront. And you saw the look on her face. Like, there's another person that has a blood feud going on. Not only Huey and I guess Butcher, but like there's three of them. They're out for blood. So. It's just going to get, it's just going to continue to spiral out of control. And so. My number three was kind of like compound V being publicized. So I thought that was definitely a kink that is going to make things interesting. It caused, I, I thought it was pretty interesting to see like some of them were really upset about everything. Like Queen Maeve, who's like, I was just thinking about that. It's like, what if you've you found out like because all, all of their parents made this decision for them to inject them this stuff and in, uh, including the deep who had a good cry about her or something you know and i thought that was that was pretty interesting to see where we go from there you know homelander doesn't care he doesn't care about much except for being in charge you know so that was my number three alice what do you got for number three um yeah for number three i also said the deep, the gills talking was amazing. Love Pat and Oswald I had the the quote about your your gills are showing. Um, so I was just trying to think of something kind of new about that. Was that, you know, not really having seen the majority of the previous season, I'm very excited to see a rapist's downfall from Grace. We don't get that too much in real life, so I'm very morbidly and not so morbidly excited to kind of see. Um, what 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 happens with him previously and and also you know what's going to happen in, in this season as well for sure i'm so curious he's just on my mind a lot um <laughs> i am so curious if they'll accept him back into the seven they kind of rejected him immediately upon seeing him by making him wait outside yeah i wonder why um, they don't want to let somebody else in i don't know like home i don't know why they don't yeah, maybe it takes know. a lot of effort or something like that. Maybe it's maybe it's probably contracts or something like that. Yeah, some some corporate the man just making it harder for everyone. Yeah. What's your number three, Tiff? My number three is actually the character of Ryan, and not because he necessarily necessarily did anything, but just because I'm really intrigued by what what he could become. So far, he's seemingly the opposite of his father mm -hmm. in all the right ways, right? He's emotionally intelligent. He's empathetic. He cares yeah. for his mother. Um, and he also, you know, he doesn't want to sleep with his mother figure. And it's just, <laughs> just like... Always a plus. Yeah. Always a plus. <laughs> always. He's headed in the right direction. He's not really so, into milk. Yeah, uh, you know. yeah. Yeah. The bar not... is so the bar is so low for men that it's in Hades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just really feel good about him, so I'm curious to see how he'll um, what he'll turn into. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure because he definitely had the eye glowy thing that's going on. So I don't. And then, and it was. Yeah, it was definitely. And the Homelander had his like Emperor Palpatine moment. Where he's just sort of like, yes, let the hate flow, you know? I was just about to say, Ryan did give me brief uh, Anakin Skywalker vibes there. Mm -hmm. Where maybe his anger, he won't be able to control his anger. But I have hope. I have hope. 
Yep. Maybe he's the one thing that can take down Homelander eventually. I don't know. So. But then, oh, it's it's kind of interesting. Do we need Homelander still around to deal with my number two, which is Stormfront, which is yes a very con- Love her. yeah. She's my number two as well. Really? Okay. Is she your number two, Alice? No. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so, okay, so let's get into Stormfront. So she starts off from uh, Portland, Oregon, home of Tiff Esco. You know, and she's this, your she's hero. True Portland. Yeah, she uh, she embodies it pretty dang well. Yep. That's a state, Oregon. No. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon. Yeah. That's definitely a state. <laughs> so she comes in, and she is at first. And I did read a little bit behind this where they, they were deliberately writing her, like camouflaging her. She comes in, it's kind of no nonsense. You you feel like you're hearing a lot of stuff in terms like she's just sort of telling you how it is. She's not taking anybody's crap. She's not falling for any of the BS, anything like that. But little do we know that she is a neo-Nazi by the end and a horrible raging racist, which I... Lit, where I I didn't really even put it together at first. I was like, wait a minute, why did she just toss that dad? Like she, you know, she yeah, she bashes on. She goes into the apartment building, finds the the family there, kills the dad. They start, uh, uh, the kids start screaming and kills them as well. And basically goes up this entire thing, just like throwing people out of windows and blowing up entire like uh yeah. floors and so it was um it was very interesting that how they flipped it into somebody that's even na- almost nastier than homelander maybe not but giving them a run for his money yeah yeah i loved that that was my number 2 actually was the reveal of stormfront and how they did that because she starts off as this anti-vot super authentic woman that you kind of start to love and think that maybe you know even starlight starts to think that maybe she's found an ally in her mm-hmm. and um but then you realize she's this con- actually a contender with homelander is like this sociopathic supervillain in disguise and um you know it starts off by killing innocent bystanders that's never a good sign in any superhero universe um and then yeah the way she ruthlessly kills kamiko's brother kenji right yep um with a racist comment at the very end was was it was just a good reveal because i did not see that coming no and it's going to be interesting because she's definitely somebody that's going to be fighting with Homelander for control of the seven because she wants to be in charge. She doesn't care about Homelander. And even though it's like, you know, and so that's why I was saying, like, maybe Homelander needs to be alive a little bit to kill Stormfront. But like, I don't know, because I don't think Homelander is necessarily like as racist as Stormfront. He just is like anti anybody that's not him. You know, so Ben and I were debating this that exact thing because yeah. I was like, "Oh, why do I kind of hate Stormfront, mm-hmm. but I don't hate Homelander in the same way?" Mm-hmm. And we decided that it's because Homelander is kind of like this alien where he, like you said, universally hates everyone, but in a way where like he wouldn't necessarily target anyone intentionally. He's like, "Oh, the plane can't be saved. Like you're yeah. all let's just bounce." But Stormfront is very she's targeted and very hateful almost even more hateful than homelander so and i think they and i think the uh writers and i read uh, there's a few ep- um articles about it from like uh entertainment weekly and stuff they talked to the writers and the showrunner about stormfront and they a lot of it is based on a lot of modern day messaging that goes on from 
a lot of these really extreme right wing groups. You know, they said that they went through a, a Reddit like rabbit hole that was very ugly and a lot of you know a lot of these feelings and thoughts and opinions are are like really masked by like almost like you know stormfront has the cool haircut she has the like hey man i'm just going to do what i'm going to do vibe you know but behind it all is just like this really dangerous rhetoric that you don't even realize is going on until it's almost too late you know exactly and with homelander it's more of just like this blatant disregard yeah right yeah because he wants he wants a couple things homelander wants a couple things he wants to be universally beloved you know so he needs people alive to do that he just needs anybody alive to to shower him with praise and then he's just really inconsiderate about anybody else like there's that also that really dark thing when no one's really watching then he's going he doesn't really it's not like i don't think he deliberately goes out and tries to kill people because he hates them he people just get in his way they inconvenience right. him you know and like oh shoot i just like torch that air, air airplane instrument board <laughs> i'm really yeah. sorry like look I, I did what i could like you know so stuff like that he's not going out there to really deliberately extinguish anything you know it just doesn't happen he's just really thoughtless about it what did you think about did you think that starlight was about to kill huey i don't know if this is on anybody's list but i was just thinking about it I didn't think so, but I... Um, She's starting to power up, right? I thought maybe she'd get ballsy and try to turn on Homelander. Not that that would have ended well. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure. I didn't know where it was going, but I didn't think she'd kill Huey. I thought maybe she would do it, but there would be some reason that he'd like come back to life, like it wouldn't work, or some some sort of thing. Yeah. Or like some sort of loophole where like she would do it, but he wouldn't die or something. Yeah. Right. Okay, Alice, what was your number two? Um, I so the the relationship between Kamiko and her brother, and I know that they were worried that, you know, she had that loyalty to him, and I was really rooting for them to take the terrorist back, uh, which is which is really interesting because you know there are no there are really no heroes. They're all kind of villains on every side, um, in a way, and so I just for me weirdly it kind of sucked that they were so close i was like no turn on each other i don't want you know you guys to you know i don't want her to to mess up the mission and you know and and be all be all for him so i guess it kind of worked out in my favor but still sucked yeah (laughs) yeah that was actually my number one it was um was there it was my number one was technically karen fukuhara who's the actress for kamiko Mm -hmm. because i think conveying so many emotions without saying a word is really really hard and she does it so well to the point where i was getting choked up during some of their scenes and there wasn't a ton of dialogue right um because they just conveyed emotion between the two of them so well and you could tell Mm -hmm. off the bat having just met kenji how close they were and how much they meant to each other and there's that really sad foreshadowing of you know when kenji's explaining to kamiko how he always kind of takes the fall for her in the end Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. so yeah I agree all those scenes were so moving for me and sad but the acting was really great and I guess yeah. oh shoot I should have looked this up but I know that they they worked hard on making up her sign language they're talking to somebody else uh well this is a terrible info bit I can't remember or, or it was something like or it was like an ASL no it wasn't it definitely wasn't ASL, That's, but... because they made it they made it up in the prison camp oh, okay. 
and oh right yeah. right right and but i thought it was interesting that kenji was sort of like i almost i really empathized sympathized with him because when she was talking about going to the americans or something and he's like the americans came in like just burnt everything to the ground and killed everybody yeah. like are you really going to you know do you really trust these people too even though the shining path which he was a part of like you know kidnapped them originally so i mean it's really really complicated stockholm syndrome yeah but i know yeah they uh i was so sad when stormfront killed him because i know that kamiko is probably gonna rage about it now so yeah all right and then so that was your number one which i thought was really good that was and uh, of course i forgot it but my number one of, was the deep, which we talked a, lot, a bunch about. But yeah. then I was also going to say, which, which is kind of ironic, is that if Starlight is looking for an ally, she could probably find it into the deep if she could just yeah. be able to look past that one transgression. I'm not saying I don't want to like minimize it, but like if she was able to, he, I think he'd be receptive towards it. And but I don't think she will because she's just still super pissed off. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be pissed off, but it's kind of that's kind of funny that way because maybe Maeve's another one that could be on her side as well, you know. But she's but Maeve has already made so many compromises in her life. I don't know if she if she's just totally given up to Homelander. So I thought that was kind of I don't Homelander might exile Maeve enough that she's forced to play you know switch sides just to protect um the people she cares yeah, about elena. but yes elena is that yes. her name dino dana's mom okay dino yeah i prefer dino dana's mom <laughs> yeah. but i know it is really interesting i think it is a uh transgression that's is rightfully pretty hard to get over but and you know like forgive someone for doing that to you however i agree that they would make a pretty good a partnership the deep and starlight because he's clearly he wants to find a place in the pack and he's never probably never going to get it so yeah if, if something worse happened to the deep i could see him joining the boys i feel like mm -hmm. like like something more like when he you know if he became a wanted man a wanted fish i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> i mean the earth is like mostly ocean so i think he could just mm -hmm. you know yeah, it, Hang out in the Mariana Trench. Exactly. And it was Mariana, also yeah. really, really uh, fascinating was when he was talking about being young and going through the mall and hearing all the goldfish just, you know, <laughs> cry out to him. You know, when he's such a little kid, he just realized that this gift or something just really just screwed him up. You know, like he hates how he looks. He hates how he hears all these fishes all over the place. And are they all like a send up of like current like like specific current superheroes i know i think it was when i went to the move when i went to the movies pre all this stuff and they had like, like teasers for this the show and i think he chase crawford was saying like i'm kind of like an aquaman you know yeah parody so it's interesting yeah yeah it's all satire that's based you know like you can like Captain back. america like everyone has a certain wonder woman maybe i don't know if that's yeah. what Maeve would be but yeah all right yeah, for sure. What's your number one, Alice? Um, I mean, we kind of talked about it, but Ryan getting his powers. Oh, I, I, I hate Homelander, so I, I knew it wouldn't happen in that moment, or if, if ever. But I kind of would like Ryan to kill Homelander. That would be, <laughs> that would be great. That would have been awesome. I was waiting for that. 
<laughs> oh man, that's so funny because there's so many terrible people in this, but they are yeah. so interesting and amusing at times that you end up giving. Although them... so traumatic to the child, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if I want to give him that trauma, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I was like, yes, child yes, take him down, murder. yeah, take him down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Ryan. I I still thought that was amazing when the Homelander is just like, well, just jump, just jump, and just pushes them off, and he just like lands on there and it's just so funny and then like uh homelander's just like i love you son it's like you should say that back to me (laughs) right yeah i thought ryan might have actually been been killed in that and he would have you know been completely wrong he ryan didn't get any superpowers and then that would have been another you know trauma added on i was actually expecting that yeah i it's it's so funny because i'm always wishing for the downfall of homelander <laughs> yeah. but i cannot picture the show without oh, right. him. right yeah i know yeah we're gonna kill him i mean that would be massive if they just killed him off you know pretty quick uh <laughs> um, devastating sort of a, a not no spoilers to anyone but a, a, since i just watched this recently a, a full metal jacket moment where <laughs> just like oh wait really like they're going to die like that okay mm-hmm. <laughs> totally but yeah i just love that scene where he's <laughs> ryan's talking to him on the rooftop right before they push him off mm-hmm. like you guys were talking about and he's like oh you called me he's almost pleading with him right like please daddy don't yeah it's like oh you called me dad <laughs> Oh my god! Oh man, he's like the hyperbole of that father that just like rips the training wheels yeah. off and just like sends the kid down the street. All right, we're gonna see so much more for episode four, and uh, Tiff and Alice, thank you so much for coming on. I yes, appreciate that. Me. Yeah, thank you. And I am looking forward to watching episode four this Friday and also talking again this weekend. And if, if you are listening to this, please write in with your questions, your top sevens, anything else at aging hipster network at gmail.com. And with that, uh, go girls, girl, uh, wait, no, go, go girls, go, go, go away girls. No, no, no. no. Okay, no we'll just do like, okay, let's just end with hashtag chase. Crawford. Yes. <laughs>